All right. All right. Welcome to this edition of the People's Progressing Podcast. And um, this week, joining the People Progressing family is Mary Drake, uh, a longtime friend of mine, but an accomplished real estate salesperson out in Kansas City, Missouri, and has a couple businesses that she owns. And she's going to go through her journey on how she is an owner of two different businesses and, and what she's done to get there. So Mary, I want to thank you for coming on today. And I want to um, ask you to introduce yourself a little bit here and tell us where you grew up and, and a little bit about your childhood. Sure. And first of all, thanks, Joe, for having me on. I'm sure people always say that, but I truly mean it. And I am um, humbled because of the caliber of person that I know you are and the type of coach you are. So it really means a lot to me. Um, I grew up in Omaha, Nebraska. I am number five of seven kids um, and just uh, had a good childhood. I, um, I'm the oldest of the second batch. So I think I'm more like an older, oldest child. There are four older kids and then I'm the oldest of the three little girls. So if that kind of gives you my place, because I think I have that driver personality. It's more like an oldest child. But um, when I was 12 years old, my um, dad left our family. So um, in the 70s, it was a little unusual to be from a divorced family. Um, but that did change and impacted my family a lot as far as, um, you know, our dynamics and what went on. So I watched my mom go to work for the first time ever at, I believe she was 43 to 45 years old. She had been a stay-at-home mom from high school. And then, um, so watch that. Um, I can honestly tell you that, and stop me at any time you want to ask questions, because I'd like this to be really conversational yeah, and easy for people to listen to. But I remember on my 14th birthday, waking up and thinking, um, I know I'm going to go to college. I'm going to be the first kid in my family to go straight from high school to college. And if I want to go to college, I need to follow, be a very good student and um, keep myself away from anything that would distract me from that. So um, just really put on blinders. And I am not a naturally gifted student or talented, you know, as far as intellect, I am a hard worker. And I think it just came that like something just switched in 14. And I was like, the only way I'm going to not be able to be in my mom's position is to make sure that I invest in myself now. And I didn't think use those words invest. I was like, really don't do drugs. Don't get hooked on alcohol. Don't get pregnant and do really well in school. So you can go to college. So that's exactly what I did. Um, I earned a scholarship to Rockhurst. It was college then because I'm old now, but, but it's now become Rockhurst university. Um, one of the biggest blessings of my life is meeting Joe's wife. She was my roommate in college. So I've known her 35 years. Um, and then went through college, got a degree, um, worked for several years as an occupational therapist. And then I decided to be a stay-at-home mom and um, love that. It's my still to this day at 55 years old. Those are the best days of my life. Snotty, throwing up, fever, <laughs> croup, chicken pox. You name it, asthmatic kids, loved it all. Um, I have a PhD in stain removal, which is probably my biggest um, skill achievement with my motherhood days. And then at about, roughly about the same age as my mom, at early 40s, I found myself the mom of five and single. 
So um, I looked into going back to occupational therapy. I had been out of the field for almost 20 years. And I went to actually three of my friends that I had hired. And they were friends from college. And all of them told me they couldn't hire me. My degree had gone from a bachelor's to a graduate degree. I would have to go back to school. And for them to hire me um, at that point, after I went back and got a master's, I would be at the bottom of the pay scale and not have any flexibility in my work. So I looked at a lot of different options because I was like, I, I can't envision with, I had four children in their teens and then I had a youngest, my youngest child had a health condition. So uh, with the five of them, I looked at things that I could do and someone invited me to real estate. And I was like, well, I know how to clean house. <laughs> <laughs> and I like to decorate homes and I know a lot of people. So um, I went into that really in 2011. I got my license in 2011, sold my first home in October of 2011. So that was 10 years ago and um, had studied it for a while before that. And then by the grace of God, I was on a, a team that um, the first year in real estate that I really it was a great marketing team, but it was not the right fit for me business-wise. And I think that's really important to trust your gut on now in hindsight, what a blessing that was to learn what not to do for a year. And, but the greatest thing that came out of it is I met um, another woman. She and I were both recruited to that team. And then she's smarter than I am. So she left first after about six months. I left after a year. And then we started to talk to one another and realized you know, although we're polar opposites personality-wise, our business ethics and value and our vision of how to treat people are just, they step right in tune. I'm very outgoing and I can talk to a fence post and she is one of the smartest women you will ever meet. So in um, being uh, in a bad situation for a year, it was actually to me, now I look back at it and say, that was one of the greatest blessings that I've ever had because it told me what not to do. So teamed up with her, started a real estate team. We have been rocking and rolling it, um, gradually growing every year, adding on agents. Um, in our Kansas City area, there's a large suburb in Southeast um, Kansas City called Lee Summit, Missouri. We are Remax's number one team uh, for 2019 and 20. And um, Lee Summit and the Remax south of the river, which is a whole geographical area in the Kansas City area. So. I'm really excited about that. Um, just brought my husband that I got remarried a year ago and um, brought my husband onto our team. So that's been a blessing too. I can honestly tell you, I love the people that are on my team. I mean, it's just a great work environment. And I mean, a real estate is up and down. You need to be able to vent to people. People make crazy decisions and it's all over the board. You work really hard and then you don't get paid. Sometimes it seems like it's easy and other times you feel like you donated a kidney to the transaction. So, <laughs> so let's, let's, let's dive into that a little bit. Let's, let's go back yeah. first though. Let's go back to when you were 12 and yeah. your dad leaves the family. What, what, what effect did that have on you? Um, oh, I think the biggest thing was I can, so like you saying that, like literally you saying that makes me embarrassed makes me feel like that shame of, you know, in 1976 to 78, nobody was getting divorced. I didn't no. have any kids in my class that only had a mom. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I, I, 
I, God, I mean, and I can't talk about my life without bringing my faith into it. God really provided for my family and really, you know, helped. Um, but I look back in the sense of panic of, you know, what are we going to eat? Yeah. Where are we going to go? Survival. We can't play. Yeah. We can't play sports. Not that we did a lot before, but I was like a $35. I remember the rainbow league, Yeah. like the good players were on the purple team, but I was on the orange team because I wasn't a good softball player, but that was $35 for wow. a whole season. We can't pay that. No. So I just, I just think of that. But the biggest thing that comes back and the feeling that kind of wells up in my chest is embarrassment and shame. And how, how did you, how do you think you overcame that? Was it just putting your, you mentioned that you just decided that you were going to have laser focus on the things that you wanted to have, you know, with your college degree and, and those things, is that kind of how you got through that period was just kind of having a laser focus on, on things that you wanted I can, to do? Yeah. So my birthday's February 9th. So February 9th, like this literally, and it was great. If I could get an A and all I had to do was work harder and train my brain more and study later and stay up late and review it again and read the chapter again, you know, read the chapter six times. But if I could get an A that equated to success and it relieved some of my shame. So hard work. So yeah, putting your was, nose to the grindstone and, and just and hard work kind of helped you through that period of time. And I mean, so for me, like I said, I'm a good student by repetition. I am not a naturally bright student. So it's just like working out your brain, you know, is like working out, you know, your other muscles. But I just was like, okay, this last test, I got a 93. Well, then I go to the teacher and go over everything that I missed, what I missed, go back and, you know, look at it again, and then figure out what I needed to do more for the next one to get to a 96 to get to eventually 100. I mean, I did really well in school, not by natural talent, but by, and to me, even though they would say, oh, you got an A, I was like, no, what did I miss? Because yeah. my, my goal was always perfection. Now I knew that wasn't going to happen every time, but that was always what I went into everything with my goal is perfection. Well, and I think it kind of goes along with what we're talking about with this podcast progressing, right? You were yeah. always, you were always, always looking to progress. You were always looking to learn, to grow, to get better. And it almost feels like, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost feels like you, 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 what propels you a little bit is sometimes having a a chip on your shoulder or proving other people wrong or, or just having yeah. that drive inside of you to show, Hey, I, I show you, I can do this. I'm going to, I'm going to get it done. Yeah. I laugh now. Cause I tell people I'm going to live to a hundred based on pure spite. Yeah. I think <laughs> I, I, and I know spite. you, I think that's, that's probably pretty good accurate statement right there. Um, I and I, but I, I like think it's, yeah, but, but I think it's carried you, right. I think it's what's driven yeah. you. And I think you're always looking to progress. So as we go into college now, you get into college. What was your major in college? It was occupational so, therapy? Yes. And so I really wanted to, I, I do. I really want to serve people. I really want to help mm. people. Um, I want to see that it's not, I didn't like math. Um, I'm good at, at, in the science, I would say not naturally good, but I'm good at applied science, like anatomy, biology, all of that. I'm good at that. So the human body fascinated me, how it works, how your mind works, you know, just all of your systems. And so I really liked that. I liked the aspect of OT of something that was 
applicable. Like I wasn't just getting the patient moving by, you know, doing 30 sit up, you know, being able to walk, you know, across the room with a walker. I was actually, how do you take that movement and then get yourself dressed? How do you take that movement and go to the store after you've had a disability, disabling accident or something, or regaining function after, you know, a, a severe illness or a hip replacement or something like that? I was like, how do you take that mobility and apply it? So that's, I like that next process of we're not just moving people, we're actually teaching them how to move in their environment and accomplish something. And again, it was very driven. I got myself dressed. I can brush my teeth with one hand. I know how to take a shower in a wheelchair, you know, just all of that. It was very practical application of what I learned. And I, and I liked helping people do that. And I, I think we'll go back to this, but a little bit, but you said your purpose is to serve people and help people. When you, when you, going back again, I'm sorry about the, when you were 12, no, you're when, fine. when your dad left, you were the oldest of the youngest, you said, so you had two yeah. younger sisters. Did you find yourself in that kind of a role then of helping and serving your, your younger sisters and being a good role model, but also helping and serving them in other ways? Yeah, I definitely, my sisters would tell you, and as all family dynamics, um, I became their second mom for some, I mean, I was like, here's our list of what we need to do. Here's what we need to get done. Here's your homework, you know. And was I fun? No. Um, do you, and normal sibling rivalry, did they resent that? Yes. So, you know, that came up too. And I will tell you, it, this sounds great. There's, in everything, there is a balance because um, we need to make sure, I'm sorry, I have an incoming call and I don't know how to decline that. Let's see if I can go back. There you go. Um, and my phone, I apologize. It rings all day long. Um, but no, there are times that I was too focused on the outcome. There are times that I, you know, years, in fact, in my life. And again, I think in infinite wisdom and grace and mercy, the Lord corrects your personality as you get older and you look back. Was I stuck on being perfect? Yes. Did it drive me sometimes to have an unrealistic expectation? Yes. Am I better at it at 55 than 18? I hope so. I hope I'm growing. So yes, did I annoy my sisters, my two younger sisters, by trying to mother them and tell them they had to be perfect? Absolutely. But my role in the house, I say of my mom's seven kids, um, I am the social chairman. I direct everybody. I tell them what to do. And that comes to me naturally. At Thanksgiving, I will tell you what you're assigned to bring to dinner. <laughs> but does that always, now it's funny at my age to laugh about, but then, you know, it caused some issues that I needed to work through. So I'm going to be honest. Yeah, and that's, yeah. that's true. I mean, I, everyone has those issues. But again, what you're doing is you're progressing through it, right? And yeah. it, the bottom line theme here is is serving. You were you wanted to serve and you needed to serve your younger sisters. Then you get into college. You need to find something that you can serve others with. So you go into occupational therapy. Then you get into um, the real world, per se, and you, be, you start doing that job of serving others. Then you have kids. Now you need to serve them the whole time. And then you have a, a thing that goes on and you become a single mother. And all of a sudden, you're probably a little bit lost at that point because you're trying to figure out which way you want to go. And again, it all revolves in my mind. It all revolves around you serving again. So go through that little process again of what happened when you became a single mom. And what was your thought process like, uh-oh, here I go. I got to figure this out. Well, initially, I will just tell you, it was a deer in the headlights. 
I, I honestly think that, again, I can't talk about my life story. I really think that God brought the opportunity to me. I, I, I mean, I didn't know at the time how much I was going to like it, how it was going to work out. I just, you know, now I see in hindsight, you know, 12 years ago, 11 years ago, just his hand. And first of all, for me, it's always being very, very prayerful. So I will ultimately say that that's the biggest thing. And then, you know, somebody told me, oh, you're going to be great at this. And I was like, well, that's the first time in a few years I've heard I'm going to be great at anything. So that I latched onto that. I didn't, and I will tell you for probably at least two years, especially until after I joined my um, teammate that I have now, Tina Rowe, and we worked together for a year, maybe two, I did struggle a little bit with the serving people. I was like, I can honestly tell you, I needed a job and I needed money. That was yeah. the immediate need. Smart. That was the immediate. Yeah. I needed money. And my very first real estate transaction was a higher end transaction, probably double what most agents do even now. So 10 years ago, the prices were considerably less, but it was a substantial transaction. And that was just a grace and a blessing. Did I deserve it? No, but um, it, that's how I started. And I will tell you the immediate need was money. It took me about a year or two. And I just really kind of felt like, okay, this is not like helping somebody learn to put their socks on. This is not helping somebody in a wheelchair, take a shower until I had my first client that was an older person Mm -hmm. and literally that, you know, late 70 year old woman literally came to me and was like, do I write you a check for our commission after the transaction was closed? And it dawned on me, someone could have taken her to the cleaners. Mm-hmm. And now I kind of, I just sold the house for a 101 year old woman. I'm just working on another older couple. I don't know it. I don't, I'm not out there actively, you know, looking at helping older people, but it just comes to me. And I think it's, I will take care of them the way I take care uh, and all of my clients, but especially those older people. Cause I just think there's so many people preying on people that don't understand the process. And there's mm-hmm. a lot of money involved and there's a lot that they could get raked over the coals on. But when I started to understand and see that young couple just dream and dream, and they've been married two years and they're walking through the house and you're ear hustling and they're saying, Oh, we can have a nursery here. You know, then you start to buy into their dream. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it does. I was like, I do serve people. I do make money, but I am doing something that's a need. We all have a need for shelter. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, yeah, the real estate is different than your 401k because you don't put your head to bed at night and think about your Christmas memories. So the first time you took, brought home your baby and your 401k, although it's important. So homes and real estate is about your life story. And I want to honor that. Yeah. And and what's, what's so cool about it is one of the reasons you have a passion for what you do is because you have found the, the true purpose of what you're doing and that's creating dreams and memories for people and helping them create dreams and memories of, you know, I, I probably when people go in and look at a house or they are picturing, Hey, this is where we can have Thanksgiving dinner. And this yeah. is where we can have Christmas. This is where we put the Christmas tree. You, you're creating and helping them create dreams. So the purpose is greater than yourself. When you're doing that, you're not going into selling a house saying, well, if I sell this house, I'm going to make $10,000. I mean, that's in your mind. 
I mean, because we're, you know, that's what we're doing it for. We have to make money. It's a business. But what's in the forefront of your mind is what is this going to give these people? How is yeah. this going to help their life be better? And once you've figured that purpose out in what you're doing, that's when you've it probably took off and took off even greater. Um, that's, that's a great story. So let me ask you this question. As an owner of two businesses, we can get into your second one here in a minute. Give um, listeners some strategies in running your own business. Oh, um, focus on your strengths and hire people to do what you're not good at. Still stay involved in those things. Like I am not a good, um, I'm not a good techie person. I'm not a good systems person. You know, here's your back office. Here's what drives your SEO. You know, how do you do, you know, all of these dynamics. Um, Work to the strengths on your team and work to your own strengths personally. I am far better to hire, you know, have a teammate that is very numbers and management savvy. And I know that my strength is out interacting with people. So we play to our strengths, but you still have to know that your weaknesses are covered and they're well covered because then your weakness becomes a thorn that's not addressed and that just festers and gets infected. So know what your strengths and weaknesses are. Um, Always be elevating your game as far as coaching or just weekly, daily accountability, holding yourself to some sort of standard that works for you. Um, Always progressing. Yeah. And then know who you need to bring in to compliment you. And so you know, we have that pretty, that's a pretty well-oiled machine. And, but on the flip side of it, always be open and willing to open to, okay, what do I need to tweak? What's working? What's not working? Maybe of the six goals that I have, these three need to be tweaked and, you know, and implemented or changed a little bit. Maybe one of the three that's not working well is completely unrealistic. But so being a work in progress is the and one of the biggest things and um, making sure that you're slow, slow, slow to hire and very fast to fire. And I'm not saying that I, I it's not like I've fired 25 people. I'm just really protective. I refer to our team as our squad. We're gonna p- build a wall around the squad and then we're gonna build the straw, squad strong within that wall. So I'm, let's say I'm one of your clients and yeah. I'm, I'm looking for a house and I find a house and I, I end up buying this house. What do you want me to say about Mary Drake after I'm done with this process? She was the best advocate for what we wanted and put our wants, needs, and what we, our goals in mind first before her own. Okay. And so let's get into your second business now and you can describe it a little bit and what you're doing there. Yes. So I am also a founding ambassador for a company called MIG. It's mighty and good. And it's based out of Colorado and it is a clean living um, skincare and supplemental company. And I am building that as well. And a lot of people ask me, um, it is just launched in April during pandemic um, in April 27th of 2020. So we're not quite a year old. And that is an ambassador based or direct sales company. 
So um, I do that alongside my real estate business and I'm really finding that's a different type of business, but there's a lot of the same principles as far as wanting people, bringing people onto your team and helping them and mentoring them to be the best that they can be alongside of products that have been developed and um, in Colorado have a 10 year sales history. And personally, I love using them. So that helps, but also believing in the um, philosophy of the company as far as doing, there's a lot of negative connotations about multi-level marketing, direct sales, just like there's a lot of negative connotations about the real estate agent is the used car salesman. So um, it's a company that wants to grow with honesty, integrity, the caliber of people alongside the products is what really drew me to it. And did I actually need to add one more thing to my plate this last year? No. Do I want to? Longevity wise, I see the MIG as being a great supplemental income and a residual income. Because I went back to, and I had the opportunity, I'm actually at the very top of the company, direct to the owner. So that was a series of circumstances that led me to that position, which is amazing. But I look back and remember that 20 years I stayed at home and I would never, ever begrudge the fact that I invested in these humans that are amazing, wonderful. And I say, I've raised five of the best sinners you'll ever meet, <laughs> but <laughs> they're likable sinners, just like their mother. But, you know, I stepped out of the work career. So starting at 45, and I only want to work to 65, I'm going to have to take a 40-year career and condense it down to 50% of the time. So I'm going to have to work harder, but I'm also going to have to work smarter. And so this is an opportunity to supplement and be in that mentorship and serving role that I really, truly love. Yeah. And it fits you, it fits you to a T, doesn't it? I mean, that, so I like me, it. Kind of a deep question here, but what would you, what advice would you give to a, a single mother out there that went through the same kind of thing that you did? Um, I would say the number one thing that helped me was being grounded in my faith. And I got deeper into my faith. Um, I do a Bible study on a weekly basis. It's pretty intensive. And I block that time. It is sacred and I don't deviate from that. And I will tell you, you know, this is for me personally, it has kept me from off antidepressants. It's helped me sleep. It's helped me improve my relationships. It has helped me number one relationship with God and then with other people. And that, again, that's a work in progress. I went through a really angry, probably you knew me probably at least two to five years of just being angry. And, you know, it just really helped me with that. So I'd say whatever feeds your soul, as far as from a spiritual level, block that out, that time out to invest in that and don't waver. Up until COVID, my Bible study was Tuesday morning, nine to 11. If you told me somebody wanted to buy a $2 million house at 10 o'clock on a Tuesday morning, I'd tell them they had to wait. You know, it's just nine to 11 was, has been Bible study since I can tell you September I think it was September 9th of 2009. I mean, that's how rigid I am with my dates and my schedule. But I'm like, it start, I know it was the week after Labor Day, the following Tuesday after Labor Day of 2009. So nothing messed with my nine to 11. And in real estate, 
Tuesday morning is the broker meetings, the sales meetings, everything. I told my broker, you hire me. I will never be there for a sales meeting because I got to get my Jesus on. So whatever feeds your soul, I would say focus on that because you can't be a good mom to your kids and you can't be a good employee and you can't figure out what your next life move is if you don't invest in your brain. And that's, you know, whether you're, you know, you're faith-based or you're just take that time to let your brain be quiet and absorb and figure out what you need to do that works best for you. So that's my number one. Um, other things are just be being open to where you're guided. Don't fight it so much. I don't fight it as much now. And that's why I think I was more open to MIG last year. I was, again, when I first got divorced, I kind of reverted back to my very regimented self in high school because that worked for me, put on blinders. And now I'm a little bit more open. So um, I would say that surround yourself with people that you want to be like as far as upping your game but also be very intentional of where you spend your time and effort. And not that I know a ton of people, but I have actually closed my circle to be really protective of, does this person make me a better person? Do they elevate? Do I admire them? And so those are the people that I want in my life. One of my friends told me in 2009, your three best friends that you have right now will not be your three best friends in five to seven years because I was having a big life event. And I was offended by that. And you know what? It was absolutely 100% true. Not that I don't love those three best friends I had in 2009, but the three best friends that I have now, the Lord has brought into my life to help me with process mm -hmm. things. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so let's get into this real quick, Mary. I, you know, my, my book is called the finding your purpose, perspective, and passion, the three P's. And what, what is, what would you say your purpose in life is now? I would, it is definitely to serve other people the way the Lord wants me to serve, not the way I think <laughs> they need to be served. Mm -hmm. Some of it, I think, you know, sometimes I get irritated and I'm like a backhand would serve them. That's not really true, <laughs> but <laughs> well, maybe. Um, serving. Yeah. Well, depends. Um, but I would say serving other people. And by the way, I will tell on this podcast that Joe did an amazing coaching call for my real estate team oh, good. in you. December. <laughs> and um, they all really, truly loved it. And just, you know, but they also for Christmas all got his book. And we have at team meetings talked about that. So anyone business wise that is listening to this podcast, I really want something that's manageable to read. That's a quick read, but impactful, not just fluff but impactful, I would highly recommend Joe's book. I did buy 10 copies and I gave seven to my real estate team, one to my broker. And um, I just, it, it was really helpful in triggering conversations because you can't have your business value ethics and honesty without discussing that in front of your team. So that really helped. So my purpose, I would say is serving people. I wanna be the best that I can be within reason, um, as a continuing to be a better wife, a better mother, a better teammate, a better leader. I, I really am focused on leadership skills. So that's why it's really great for me to be friends with you. So, well, and you see how, what you just said there, you want to focus on being better, this, 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 and this, it was all based on helping someone else. You want to be a better yeah. wife. You want to be a better mother. You want to be uh, not better, just improve, you know, just keep progressing in it. 
You know, yeah. I, I mean, I, and, and that's all about, I, you know, I always say this, when your purpose is greater than yourself, you're finding peace of mind. And I did remember when you were going through that mad period, I, I call it um, bitter period. You were kind of a bitter person. Um, and you found a way to, I have a saying that if you can either be bitter or better, and you became better from it, and you grew from it. And you're going to be helping people from your situation for the rest of your life. The situation of what happened when you were 12, the situation that happened when you were in your 40s and, and became a single mother and all those different things because of your serving heart. Those things are you know, those test tests that you went through in your life are going to be your testimonies and they're going to help other people because that's who you are. So let's get to the next question. What's your perspective in life? a little bit more I think that things are my perspective is more open now and I can honestly tell you that I think that that has changed significantly in the last five years I would tell you um when things come to me I am more open to leaning as I my second daughter generally teaches me something and she's really good at being perceptive but um, when my husband came into my life and well, when he asked me to marry him, I, I will honestly say I was terrified. And she told me, she goes, mom, lean into it. And ironically enough, the same morning I had read the Bi uh, Bible verse about leaning on God. And I was like, I just hone in on the words. If you mm -hmm. pay attention, things will come to you that are your sign. I'm not saying that a Bible verse is everyone's sign, but it's mine generally. And so just my perspective is much more open. Um, it's, I work now from a, a mindset and my perspective is leaning into it, lean into what comes, be open to it. Don't be so rigid. It has to be your way. And trust me for my personality, that has been a huge shift. And then one of the great things in the last 10 months of being in MIG is working from a place of rest. And I'm really, there's some amazing mentors in my company that are really, cause I'm a go, 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 driven, driven, driven. I got to sleep less. I got to do more. And I really am listening to another leader, how to work from a place of rest. Mm -hmm. And so that's really, I would say that's a big change in my perspective in the last four to six months. Yeah. And I, let's go back real quick. You talked about um, leaning into it. And it was hard for you because, and it, I'm going it, to, it's easy to understand why it was hard for you because you went through yeah. some situations in your life where it was hard to trust. Okay. Yeah, okay. And you, you had a hard time trusting. We've all been in those types of situations where we have a hard time trusting and you have to work through that. And that's what you've done. And, and you've, you've shown people today that it can be done and that you can find new things and trust things and be open to things and be open to this might not work out. And if it doesn't work out, I'm still okay. Because yeah. you've taught yourself that I can overcome no matter what happens. So I can trust it because if it doesn't happen, I can still overcome it. And, and that's a great, great story when you're talking about lean into it. I love that term. I'm going to start using that. I'm going to steal that. So I just want you to know that. Well, that's courtesy of Sarah. So yeah, you well, know tell, Sarah. tell Sarah that thank you because that's profound. I mean, it really is profound yeah. because there's so many people out there that are afraid to go for things in their life because they don't trust good things. They don't trust things are good or going to happen or could happen. 
And, you know, we got to get to a point where we get over that. And that's part of that bitter, better part of it too. Getting yeah. through that bitter part to that better part. And that's where you have to get to. And that's, that's a great example of that. And let's say last thing, what's your passion? What do you, what's some of the things that you just have a passion for? Besides oh, your man. kids. I know your kids are your passion. Yeah. Yeah, they are. Well, my husband, his child, I, I had the blessing of picking up bonus children. So I have a lot now on my plate in, in that regard. And I mean, to me, that's awesome. I don't call them step. They're a bonus because they're certainly not that's a good step way to down. Look at it. Yeah. So I have more bonus children, which is amazing. My passion, I love just cooking, sewing, being at home, my hobby. And I do. I, so for me, I have to have the discipline of being in my office certain days, holding myself accountable to time frames, and that and packing a lot. I'm a list maker. And, um, but my passion, uh, you know, faith, family, and fun. (laughs) And, and, you know, and that, and it can be fun. My husband's teaching me. I just got back. You'll love this. I got back Friday from a bass fishing trip. Anyone who knows me knows that I am not the outdoorsy person. And I I was floored when I saw you holding a bass. Yeah. I caught a four pound, 12 ounce bass that we served for dinner last night. And she was holding it in her bare hands, which Yes. About threw me out of the window. I was like, yes. you gotta be kidding so, me. <laughs> you know, yeah, I know. So um it's just, you know, being and that, you know, being open to learning new things. I hope that I'm 88 years old and I learned something that I didn't know when I was 87. Yeah. You know, and I mean, chances are I'll forget it so I can relearn it. <laughs> no. But I just you know, I looking at things and being having more fun and not being so wound up in what went wrong. But my passion is faith, family, and fun. And I don't care what the fun is. Something new, something different, something I really like, but. Just have fun. Just enjoy yeah. it. Enjoy life. And, Cause you only get it once, right? I mean, that's, yeah. and that's, that's a cool thing. Um, this, this has been great. I'll, I'll let you go. I know you got to get going to your businesses. I shouldn't say one. Business, <laughs> I do. A couple and, different uh, appointments. It's an amazing story. Um, it wasn't easy growing up, had some huge adversity growing up, overcame it, um, had to get through some things mentally um, through that period, got into a, a, a really good situation after college and worked and had great kids and, and all this and that. And things happened and had another adversity hit you. I, I always say that life is not a marathon. It's a steeplechase where you have hurdles that you have to go over all yeah. the time. That's true. And, and you have shown us how to get over hurdles. You've shown us how to get over that. And you've been very transparent in saying, I was bitter. I was mad for two years and three years. And that probably made you kind of spin your wheels a little bit and, and not get, not progress very, very much when you were mad. Yeah. As soon as you got through that, through your faith and your Bible study and so forth. So you're giving us tools on how we can get through adversity and you got through that. Now, all of a sudden you just progress and progress and progress. And now you're taking off and you're a great role model for a lot of people. And I, I just wanted to thank you for that. And it's been great talking to you today. This has been fun. Um, I have known you for a long time. And in a lot of the things you say, I can, I resonates with me because I've known you for so long and I, I've, I've seen this through you, but I've always wondered um, how you have gotten through some of those situations in your life. And, and, and you explained it very well today. So thank you for coming on. Oh, it's my pleasure. So I appreciate you giving me the opportunity. This is yeah, this has been great.
Yeah. All right, Mary. Well, thank thanks, you. thanks a lot and go sell a house. I'm working on it. I know you are. <laughs> All right. Thank All you. Right. See you. Have a good day, Joe. All right. Bye. -bye. bye.